1: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Gabby Insurance. There's hundreds of companies out there claiming to compare auto and home insurance rates, but there's only one who actually does it, and that's our friends over at Gabby, which literally stands for Get a Better Insurance. And I know it because I've done it, and everyone at DNVR has done it. Drew Kreisman, AJ, Lindsey, they've all saved hundreds on their yearly rates. And Eric Weedham, you know him as d lineco saved over $1,000, dollars $1,300 to be exact not sure who was stealing from him before but no longer because Gabby came to the rescue and guys all you have to do is take 5 or 10 minutes out of your day go to Gabby.com slash DNVR that's G-A-B-I dot slash DNVR literally you take 5 or 10 minutes to enter information off the top of your head in there and it gets rates from over the top 40 insurance and company providers like Progressive Nationwide Travelers brings it all into one place gets you those low rates you pick go from there boom easy peasy saves you tons of money so make sure to check them out over at gabby.com slash dnvr if you're interested in saving hundreds if not thousands of dollars per year again that's gabby.com slash dnvr all right mace let's hop into the show
0: number one for the one and only With a break Brew and a friend Bleed orange and blue To the bitter end Come and join
1: to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. They're the new urban online university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, programs the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation they're the preeminent online university in the rocky mountain region and whether you're on campus or online it doesn't matter to them it's all the same over there because their students do just as well as online courses as they do in person which means you can get the same degree while continuing to live your life so make sure to check them out over at msu denver online my boy mace what's shaking Hey,
2: I'm doing well. Kind of a sad morning in Broncos country, though, because uh, last night we uh, very late last night, early this morning, learned of the uh, the death of Jim Fossil, who uh, died of a heart attack at the age of 71. And Fossil, of course, was the Broncos offensive coordinator for only two seasons, 1993 and 1994. But his arrival was very significant in Broncos history because it represented a huge turning point for John Elway. The first 10 years of John Elway's career, of course, you knew he was a great quarterback. You knew he had the comebacks. Uh, the, El- the Elway magic was there in crunch time, but the offenses run under then head coach Dan Reeves were quite pedestrian, right? And then Fossil comes in and turns John Elway loose In the 11th year of his career, he had the highest completion percentage that he'd ever had, uh, and that would stand for his career, 63.2. Led the league in passing yardage, had 25 touchdown passes against 10 picks. Uh, 25 was literally three touchdowns more than Elway had ever thrown for a season. And what Fossil did really, it just, got Elway started for his late career renaissance. Mike Shanahan then, of course, came in in 1995 and built on that. But Jim Fossil got the ball rolling in a big way for John Elway to really cement his his legend. And uh, that's a huge contribution uh, to the Broncos and and Broncos country. And uh, Fossil was a great offensive mind, a lot of success pretty much everywhere he went. As head coach, took the Giants to a Super Bowl, But around here, he's going to be remembered for finally uh, being the coach and the offensive mind that allowed John Elway to be John Elway.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, short but sweet j- yes. of Fossil's time in Denver. Very important. Like you said, Mike Shanahan just picked up where he left off and what was a great bridge between Shanahan uh, and Reeves and, and really getting Elway to, to play to his potential. So a very important figure, mm-hmm. uh, and, and our thoughts are with his family today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really tough.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, he'd, uh, he'd had COVID last year and uh, and and passed away. It doesn't and it. Uh, uh, it sounds it sounds like according to his son, it was uh, it was pretty sudden. He had some chest pains yesterday, went to the hospital and then and then died. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's sad. And I know uh, I know John Elway thinks highly of him. I actually uh, know that I remember uh, when Elway got in the Hall of Fame, Fossil was one of the people that was sitting at the at the the dinner table for a for a big dinner in Canton, along with John Elway. That tells you how much um, Fossil and his contributions meant to, meant to Elway and really meant to the Broncos Uh as a whole, in terms of, uh, in terms of what they became, I think uh, it was, it was huge. And also another guy who really began tapping into his potential under Jim Fossil, Shannon Sharp. And mm. the, as the offense got going in 1993, Shannon Sharp, he had made progress, but he took it to another level that year. He had nine touchdown pack receptions. He'd only had four in his first three seasons and then Shannon has first thousand yard season in nineteen ninety-four under Jim Fossil. So if you think about two Bronco Hall of Famers and uh, and they began and they began doing their best work because Jim Fossil walked in that room. So it's a big, it's a big loss in the sad day in Broncos country.
1: Yeah, and there's no real easy transition yeah. after that other than, you know, we're, we're thinking of him and his family and that it's sad. But Mace, you, you brought up a couple of Hall of Famers there and mm-hmm. uh, maybe put future Broncos Hall of Famer is not showing up to the Green Bay Packers today. And Mace, this is a big day because, of course, the past couple of weeks, the Green Bay Packers have been having voluntary OTAs. Now, Aaron Rodgers decided not to go to those and he missed out on a half a million dollars. Uh, workout bonus but now that it's mandatory mini camp starting for the Packers today of course the Broncos is being held next week but the Packers is being held today Aaron Rodgers is a no-show and when it's mandatory he can now be fined Mace this is the first mandatory event that Aaron Rodgers is missing with the Green Bay Packers. How big of a deal is today in the grand scheme of things? Well, symbolically, it's significant because
2: this is now the moment, the first moment where where absence can hit him in the wallet. Now, the Packers, if they want to, and we'll get into this, the Packers, if they want to, can waive the fines that is that is their right if, if they choose to do so and uh it might be an olive branch but this is it's one there there's kind of milepost moments along the way with this of wherever this ends up heading and the first absence from a mandatory session it's a milepost moment it's a, it's a symbolic mo- moment this is now this is now Aaron Rodgers I think uh even though we've known it was coming, this is Aaron Rodgers taking it
1: up a notch. Yeah, and Mace, I think this is very important. Like you said, symbolic, but I also think this really gives insight as to what's going to happen in just over a month from now when training camp rolls around. Is it a big deal that he's missing mandatory minicamp from a football side? Absolutely not. That that does not matter one bit. If Aaron Rodgers shows up, uh, really, he doesn't even need training camp. He shows up and the Packers are going to be just fine. But... Showing up is a big concern of the Packers. And to me, Mace, if he were to have showed up to to this, well, then it would have been off. The Broncos would have no hope of getting Aaron Rodgers because that means that Aaron Rodgers was going to show up at training camp. And if he's showing up, then there's no way that the Packers are trading him, even if he's upset. If he shows up, it's done for the Broncos. But him not showing up to this makes it very, very real possibility that he does not show up for training camp, and that's when the heat really, really Turns on for the Packers, like you said. The Packers can waive his fines uh, right now, but they have to do it before. They have to count him as an excused absence before the mini camp starts. We don't have word right now yet on if they're counting it as an excused absence, which would not find him. But if they do find him, Mace. I have no idea what the Packers are doing. That would just be silly. They have a quarterback right now that is pissed at them. He is upset at them. And if they're going to fine him $93,000 for missing this week, that's only going to make him more upset. What they can do now, it's thrown a little bit of leash to him and say, you know what, Aaron, take this week off. You deserve it. We're not going to find you. We're going to make it very public that we're not going to find you. We're doing good by you right here. So can we talk about a contract extension now? I mean, these are the tiny things that the Packers need to do, right? If they find him, Oh my gosh, it would just be a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. So Mace, I mean, do you think any differently? Should should the Packers send a message to Aaron Rodgers and say, this is an unexcused absence and fine him almost a hundred thousand dollars. well, Frankly,
2: if they really believe that they can somehow get him back and uh, Mark Murphy, their team president, who uh, does a, a monthly column on the Packers website, Packers.com, reiterated that they want to have Aaron Rodgers back. Well, if you're going to get him back and he is clearly unhappy with you, you have to start by. By waiving the fines, even though yes. it's an unusual move to be sure to, uh, to waive fines for being absent from mandatory work. I think that is something that you have to do. If you really are invested in trying to rebuild that. Now I know that's obviously not what almost all of Broncos country wants to hear. Um, I think uh, understandably. So Broncos country wants to see that wants to see no olive branch because, but because Of uh, of what that mean, what that might mean in terms of whether Aaron Rodgers can be here, but it, I mean, the only thing it costs the Packers literally if they say, all right, we're we're not gonna find you, Aaron. It it only literally only costs them ninety three thousand and eighty five dollars. They could find him for the next three days, and uh, not that for all of us, that's a significant amount of money for an NFL team in their accounting. That's basically changing the cushions in your couch. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is not,
2: and especially for a team that went into last year with a cash reserve of north of four hundred million, they did tap into that, of course, because of COVID. But they're still in, they're still in really good shape uh, in terms of their financial reserves. So this is the, the this is not something they have to do unless they just a, a, unless they they just want to piss them off further. If that's possible, <laughs> I don't know if it's possible.
1: Yeah. And that's just why it would be absolutely silly for them to do that. So Mace, the next step for this is, well, he's not going to show up this week. And then the off season for the Green Bay Packers is over. So he is now going to pretty much officially miss the entire off season with the Green Bay Packers, something that he has never done before. Mm -hmm. So the Packers can trade him today. Net, getting, the me- getting the message that he's not showing up today. They could trade him next week. They could trade him before training camp, or they could wait until training camp rolls around to see if he is going to show up. Now, it changes in training camp. There are no such things as excused absences in training camp. I believe it's a $50,000 a day fine for missing training camp. That's not something that the Green Bay Packers can waive. So that's when it gets very interesting. $50,000 over training camp, Mace, that stacks up. But more importantly, I don't think, you know, how many days of training camp are there? 20, so that would be a million bucks if Aaron Rodgers missed out on that. That's a lot, Uh, probably even a lot to Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think that would be the reason for Aaron Rodgers to show up. I think the reason for Aaron Rodgers to show up is the $29 million that he would have to give back to the Packers if the Packers said, you're not going anywhere, bud. You if you want to, if you want to stop playing for us, well, you can retire. And that's the money that Aaron Rodgers would have to give back. And that's a lot different than being fine. Giving back $29 million is a much bigger deal to Aaron Rodgers than it is to the Packers. And that's where this standoff. If it gets to that point, Mace, holy cow, it is a very ugly situation. Mm-hmm. But one that right now we can see it going to.
2: Yeah. And, uh, it's a question of then who blinks first, um, uh, the, the 29.8 million comes in. Like if he just says, if he retires and he's, he's not coming back that just kind of, you start at, you start adding up the $50,000 a day in, in fines though. And, and I mean, pretty qu- 20, like you said, 20 days of camp, you're at a million dollars and that, and, and that, and that, that fine schedule, I believe continues after training camp. So, yep it can it continues to it continues to accumulate over time um i do i do think that the packers would play hardball at that point if uh, that they may waive the fines now but they may go ahead and start playing hardball at some point in, in training camp on the fines and see if that uh, if, if that compels them to, co- to come in because even though I think that's just going to make him dig in further. The other thing is the $29.8 million of that he'd have to pay back. Obviously that's a significant amount. And obviously he wouldn't want to pay that back, but you are talking about somebody whose career earnings are well north of $200 million. Obviously yeah, the tax man cuts into that, but don't forget. He's also got plenty of outside income, uh, state i mean state farm is pay, is paying him a boatload of money he could he could probably pay that fine pay or pay that payback that 29.8 million dollars out of what he's made from state farm alone over the years
1: but man, I mean, I it's don't a want lot. to underplay it's a lot. $29 yeah. million. I think that it, I mean, I, I think I can yeah. certainly overlook the $50,000 fine. And if he gets fined for min, mini camp 93,000, but man, yeah, 29 million is a ton. It's a ton. I mean, look, there, there's no doubt that
2: it, it's going to hurt, but if he's, but this is, again, this is somebody who, uh, somebody who, hasn't had contact with his family for several years I mean, he, <laughs> well, when aaron Rodgers, when aaron Rodgers digs in it's when he when he digs in it's it's usually forever and man i mean it's he's i'm actually going through right now here and seeing like uh what what he's earned over the course of his career and I, and uh let's see there was one he had a Eighty eight point two one twelve. Yeah, I mean, he's twenty nine point eight million dollars would effectively in terms of his career accounting be like saying goodbye to uh, an annual a late career annual salary for him.
1: That's pretty big. It's I, big. I say it's but- big. But I mean, I'm sure he could come up with the money, but I just think if it gets to that point, it's going to be very interesting to see how a man that definitely holds grudges and doesn't back down uh, faces when he has to give up $29 million if he wants to do that. But Mace, in terms of the Packers, is Aaron Rodgers missing minicamp enough of a reason for them to say, okay, it's done. You know, throw throw our hands up. This thing is over. Let's trade him before training camp. Uh, I mean, do, do you think that's the way that they're going to view this? Only if they've
2: hit a point of acceptance or they do so in the next few weeks and that doesn't appear to be on the imminent horizon. If they were to hit the point of acceptance to say he's never coming back, then you 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 would go ahead and make the deal. The other reason why you do that is if you accept that he's not coming back and then a deal that you make might be predicated on the alternatives. You, if you accept that, he's not going to play for you, but you look at your team and say, man, Jordan love, he's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready to play for us right now. And actually if he were ready to play, what do you think that? What do you think the Packers would do? You think they would have already traded him? You think they would just say, "Fine, stay away." They wouldn't be saying things like, "We want Aaron Rodgers back."
1: Yeah, certainly not.
2: And and so, every, kind of focusing on what they uh, on on the meaning of what they say. The meaning of what they say is that Jordan Love isn't ready and isn't close to ready. So, yeah, I mean, their why that? Yeah, and,
1: and everything speak to right. that.
2: So, why that comes into play is if he's not ready and you start getting away from this moment and having these discussions internally and you say, all right, what is the cost of us being stubborn? If he never plays for us again, it's basically taking this season and lighting a match to it. Do we really want to do that when we could make a deal and let's say, I think this is like this is safe to assume. If they make a deal with the Broncos, you have to think that Teddy Bridgewater is going in the deal, right?
1: Well, and they love Drew Lock coming out of they, the draft. They
2: they they did. But if they're thinking about okay, how do we maximize what's left of this team? With, without Aaron Rodgers this year that we we know that Jordan Love may be the future or that we would have to take the draft capital that we get and move up and pick a quarterback next year. We accept that. But could they for one year function with Teddy Bridgewater? And then, frankly, that would actually maybe make things a little bit easier on whoever they bring in as the quarterback after that because perhaps uh, a bridge, pardon the pun, would make some sense. If that happens, then deal then the sooner they deal the better. but that is not something that I expect them to reach next week
1: yeah. and,
2: and maybe maybe not even next month. i I do think this goes on into at least training camp now would it surprise me if a deal happened around August 8th, August 10th, August 15th not at all at this point yeah. but it, it would actually it would actually not surprise me if there's a deal in August. it would surprise me if there's a deal coming out of, of this mini camp. I think they'll, for now, they'll dig their heels in more.
1: Honestly, I, it would surprise me if there's a deal made anytime before the start of training camp, I think that they're going to want to see Aaron sit out for a week or 10 days or a month into training camp, not just mini camp Mace. I mean, come on, we, we all could have told you guys that Aaron Rodgers was going to miss this mandatory mini camp. And you know what? It wasn't going to be a surprise and it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. It's training camp when that's the important one. If he sits out then, that is really sending the message to the Packers that whatever, whatever Aaron Rodgers is doing, he's not coming back to you, whether it's retiring, whether he's forcing a trade, he will not play for you. That's when the Packers are going to have to make the big decision on what to do. We knew this was coming right now, so not a surprise. I would be shocked if the Packers said, okay, you know what? Uh, You're not showing up for mandatory minicamp. We're just going to trade you now. Give in to what you want now. No, they've dug their heels in, and missing mandatory minicamp is not something to pull them out of the mud. They're going to be digging in, even further. And then it's going to be interesting once training camp rolls around and maybe Teddy is enticing to them. He would want, they would want Teddy over Drew. but Mace, they're not making a move now in order to get Teddy Bridgewater, because that's the guy that they want. Uh, they're not making a move to, you know, get Derek Carr, who would even be better than Teddy Bridgewater because they know what they're giving up. They're giving up the most valuable thing in all of sports, a franchise quarterback. They're going to want to hold out as long as possible and missing a little mandatory mini camp is not a big deal and mace there was actually kind of a little bit of other news surrounding this which fits into this as well over the weekend i believe it was the packers president what who is that mark murphy put out, uh, you know, his monthly newsletter to the fans. And one of the things he said really has fit in with my narrative surrounding this over the past couple of weeks and months. And he said, you know, it's starting to divide the fan base. Well, duh, you're alienating, you know, half the fan base because you're making your franchise quarterback upset. But one of the things he added in there was we're going to continue to do our work outside of the public eye to not, alienate even more of our fans and mace to me that just is a message to aaron Rodgers of if you want a trade come out and publicly say it That would be going against directly what the president just said now aaron Rodgers would certainly be alienating fans if he did that but if you want out and you want out before training camp that's how this changes the timeline in my mind if he wants out before camp Come out and go against what the president of your team just said. Say something publicly about how you want out.
2: Yeah, even though he's he's done all but say those words. I mean, maybe they're hung up on hearing those words. I mean, we, we've heard it through the Adam Schefter report. We can kind of read into uh, the things that he said in that interview with Kenny Kenny Maine that he doesn't want, want to be a Packer anymore. That he wants to move on. I want, but I do think that, well, no, I do think that uh, Rogers wants to maintain fan support. And that's one reason why he hasn't come out and said it, but I don't know that Rogers will come out and explicitly say at least publicly. Now, for all we know, privately, uh, he may, he he may come to the Packers and say, just, all right, trade me. But I don't know if he's going to, to, put it out there on a billboard or put it out there in an interview or something like that. That's not necessarily his style.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it I, I don't think it is either. So then he's, if he's not going to do it by his words and he's going to have to do it with his actions. And I think him doing it by his actions, it's just going to be a longer process. Maybe he's not traded until mid preseason uh, maybe even into the regular season, but I certainly don't think by his actions, he'll be traded before training camp. If he wants to speed that up Well, Aaron, Get on the phone with someone, you know, put, put it over the loudspeakers of the country and say you are demanding a trade. But, Mace, I, I want to get to how this impacts the Broncos specifically because we've seen both of the Broncos quarterbacks on the field so far. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. What a time to be a Denver sports fan, Mace. I mean, starting, what was it? Sad Sunday, you have. Uh, abs, nuggets, abs, nuggets, abs, nuggets at literally Sunday through next weekend. You have a game every single night and there's no better place to get in on the action than with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because every single night getting on the action will make it that much more fun. And they've got an offer for you. DraftKings is putting you courtside with basketball with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. And don't forget, DraftKings also offers great odds, promotions, and boosts on basketball, hockey, baseball, every single day of the week. That's one thing that I love about DraftKings Sportsbook is it feels like every day I'm getting in on an odds boost, which makes it so much fun. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. But on any basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in site credits. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sports. for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to tell you about Green Mountain Dental. We've had several DMVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years
2: and make them their permanent family dentist. These listeners reach out and let us know how great their experience was and thank us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. Honestly, there's nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners. So please tell us your experience if you've made the switch. And if you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood, and they're the best damn family owned dentist in the metro area. And they're big time Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. Our sales director, Lindsay, just had her wisdom teeth removed at Green Mountain Dental Group. Hey, just like Noah Fan having his wisdom teeth removed. And Lindsay said that was literally the best dental experience of her life. So think about that. Uh, it, wisdom teeth is usually something that's a terrible experience for people. And she said it was the best experience she's had in terms of being with a dentist. After her surgery, the dentist personally called and checked up a few days later. That's something they do at Green Mountain Dental Group. You're not just a patient while you're in that dentist chair. You're a patient all the time. They're going to follow up and see how you're doing. And guess what? If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. I know I've, I've espoused the benefits of the Sonicare toothbrush. It will promote good brushing habits. Your mouth is going to thank you for the work of the Sonicare toothbrush. You should brush two minutes every time you get out that toothbrush and do your thing. And the Sonicare toothbrush will help you do that. You just listen for the beeps, 30 seconds, beep, and then go to another quadrant of your mouth, 30 seconds, beep, another quadrant, and on and on for two minutes. So you make sure you take care of every part of your mouth with that toothbrush. Just listen to the beep, and you'll know what to do. So if you go to Green Mountain Dental, tag us and them and show Green Mountain Dental how this community can support our biggest supporters. Green Mountain Dental its only 15 minutes from downtown Denver in Lakewood. And they always want you to know that the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. And there's no better place to do it in Denver or in the Denver area, I should say, than Green Mountain Dental.
1: And Mace, one thing that makes Green Mountain Dental such a, a great dentist practice is they're part of our family. They hang, hang out at the DNVR bar. They hang out and get member beers with us. And that's just one of the perks of hanging out and rolling with us and being part of our family over at DNVR is the member beer. When you're at the bar catching a game this week, you get a 22-ounce beer for the size for the price of a 16-ounce beer. Just tell them about that you're a member and ask for the member beer when you get that Breck brew. Some other benefits is you get to read all of our coverage, not just Broncos, but Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, Buffs, Rams, Colorado Exos, everything that we have, you get all of our coverage. If you sign up for the annual membership, which is a great deal, you get a free T-shirt of your choice from our locker. And that pretty much pays for half of it right there. Plus you get all of our coverage for the next year. You get access to our golf league, which we're just kicking off. You get so many benefits, including a chance to hop on this show and be part of the red zone and other things we do also extra raffle tickets with all the watch parties. And guys, when you're at the watch parties, make sure to get in on the raffle tickets because there are so we pick so many winners. It's absolutely insane and so much fun. So make sure to get in over at the DNVR.com and join our family. All right, Mace. I want to get your take on how this should impact the Broncos specifically with Aaron Rodgers, not showing up today, officially becoming a holdout with the Packers. I have to ask the silly question. Have you seen enough from Teddy or drew so far to say, uh, okay, maybe the Broncos should obviously still be interested in Aaron Rodgers, but should they be not willing to give up as much because you know, they have confidence in Teddy and or drew not even close. Uh, (laughs) I I told you it was (laughs) a, uh... sorry.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm sorry for those I know who, who have, who are still hoping uh, for drew lock uh, to, to, to do better, but they're asking him to do things in terms of going through his progressions that he's not doing very well right now. It they're asking him to do things that aren't instinctive and maybe you have to let drew be drew. But then the problem is if you let drew be drew, then there's there's going to be an unacceptable level of, of, of giveaways. And that's why, that's why they're doing this because you can't, you, what he is right now, what he has been, it's not sustainable for him having NFL success. And actually what we've seen from drew lock to this point in his career, Zach, is that when they have kind of put him, under constraints, like late last year, when they focused on getting him outside the pocket and narrowing the field of vision. And then what Rich Gangrel did back in 2019, he's been better when they put the clamps on. So what does that tell you?
1: Well, should the Broncos put clamps on drew right now? I mean, it seems like that's what they're trying to do or or maybe they're not trying to do it, but drew is putting clamps on himself then. Well,
2: the thing is, they're trying to get him to go through his progressions and see the whole field, because, Mm -hmm. and then and then take what's there, because they know that if for success with Drew Locke, they've got to narrow the field the field of vision a little bit and get and and get him to where when you roll, hey, rolling out is great, but if you roll right, the problem is you're effectively cutting off at least forty percent of the field. And so you watch what they've been doing and we're not seeing him get outside the pocket. We're seeing just straight drop, trying to see the whole field and then go from there. They're trying to get him to do things that he has struggled to do. And on and unfortunately, these things are for drew. These things are essential to success for a quarterback in today's NFL without that, there's a you're putting a really low ceiling on what he can be over the course of a season. He's got to take that next step, and so far we're seeing him struggle to do it. It doesn't it doesn't look natural to him, Zach. That's the thing. He it it looks very mechanical, and it looks like you you can kind of see the hesitancy coming from when he's kind of trying to think and process and go through the progressions rather than just rearing back and throw, uh, but. You, know, you you could only re- you can rear back and throw in college and do the first read stuff but if you do that in the NFL they're going to get you eventually.
1: Yeah, they they will. So obviously Mace, you don't believe anything Drew has done in these past 3 weeks changes the Broncos' look on a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. What what about Teddy? We talked about how he may be a piece in the trade. I mean, I've been impressed with what I've seen from Teddy. Is there any way that maybe Teddy could be worth more in a trade to the Packers than, you know, just kind of a backup throw in? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean,
2: if I could take drew law Loc- drew locks arm strength and give it a Teddy Bridgewater or take Teddy's uh, placement and anticipatory passing and his ability to to, to read defenses quicker and go and go through his progressions and transfer that to, to drew drew. If I could, if I could, you know, if I could do any of those things, I'd have a great quarterback. I have a quarterback I could win the Super Bowl with. Yeah, I think, but you can't do that. This doesn't work that way. It's too, these two, they are pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, Zach. And you know how the, the pieces basically they fit together because one fills the gap of the other, right? Yep. That's Teddy and Drew. If you put them together, you have some you have something complete. But right now, they're both the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that need each other in order to be that complete package, because neither one of them is all that in a bag of chips
1: on their own. Now, here's where I think Teddy may have a little more value, not a ton, but a little more value in a trade to the Packers, and that's if the Packers view themselves as still wanting to win even after trading Aaron Rodgers. If they yeah. want to save face and try to keep the fan base on their side and also try to keep their own jobs by trading away a Hall of Fame quarterback, well, Teddy could give them a chance to have a winning record this year depending on just you know the rest of the Packers team but here's where that gets knocked down is Derek Carr would give them a better chance than Teddy Bridgewater. There's other quarterbacks that they could trade for that would give them a better chance than Teddy Bridgewater. But if other teams are just focused on giving picks and and not quarterbacks, then that's where the Broncos may be able to leverage Teddy instead of giving up Teddy in a second, maybe you're just giving up Teddy uh, and obviously like three first round picks and a Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton type of player to go along with that. But maybe you save a second round pick because of that. And not necessarily because of what we've seen at training ca- or, or OTAs because the Packers probably aren't paying much attention to that, especially when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater, but just how they would view him. So maybe you do get a little more value there, But no, Mace, I have not seen enough from Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater to say, take me out of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Not anything close to that. I think the Broncos are still as desperate for Aaron Rodgers as they were before OTA started. I think they're going to be just as desperate and interested in Aaron Rodgers by the time training camp rolls around by the time August rolls around. If this thing still hasn't got done by the time the season rolls around, it would be foolish for the Broncos to take themselves out of that. Even if they are off to a hot start, because I, I remember that experiment we did with Romy where we went through the schedule and we found out that maybe the Broncos will have a similar record uh, with or without Aaron Rodgers for the first couple of games. But then after the first, you know, no, third of the season is when it really changes, depending on if you have Aaron Rodgers or not. So don't get fooled by that uh and 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 close your eyes to a trade for Aaron Rodgers. But Mace, everything I've heard is the Broncos will not be doing that. They want Aaron Rodgers. Not a surprise.
2: Yeah, and I've heard that as well. I mean, if if I were uh if if I were putting it in terms that echo through Bronco history, I would say Aaron Rodgers is plan A. A for Aaron.
1: (laughs) And then what's plan B? Plan
2: B. Well, it's too bad that, well, it's too bad that Drew Locke doesn't include the letter B because I would say plan B is Teddy slash Drew. And it's, it's still very open for either of them to seize the job. If, if, if Drew's struggles now can become success in August, then. Yeah, he could seize it, but I do think he, he's going to have to beat out Teddy. And this is not going to be a case where I think the tie goes to the incumbent or the tie goes to the younger quarterback. Remember it's not it's not like Teddy Bridgewater's all that old. He's what 28? Yep. So yeah, Here's a he's little 28. Fun fact. Drew's nice. twenty-four.
1: Yeah. You want go a fun ahead? fact yeah. about uh I, ages I of I Teddy love, and Drew? I love fun facts. Teddy and Drew have the same birthday yes they do <laughs> and that's
2: something they were born really a four, they were born four years apart right
1: yep exactly exactly yeah, yeah Drew turns 25 this year teddy turns 29 yeah
2: the point being is that even though drew is a third year guy and teddy is an eighth year guy um bridgewater is still young enough to wear they may believe that there that there is potential for him to get a bit better, and that's why if uh, it's not necessarily going to be a, a tie goes to the runner, tie goes to the incumbent type of thing. That being said, from what we've seen through three practices of of them moving about, some each each getting first getting time with the ones, each getting time with the twos, each going against the first team defense, each going against sec- second team defense. I don't think this is, I think right now Teddy's ahead. Oh yeah. If, if they, if they are, if they were kind of handicapping it right now, I think Teddy would be ahead now publicly there, there are, they're, they're, they're going to say the things about, um, you know, how it, the competition doesn't really start until 11 on 11 and training camp and all that, but you definitely, but everybody comes in th- comes out of OTAs and into the summer with kind of a perception of, where they expect things to go i i suspect that if you gave the truth serum to people in that building that they would expect teddy to, to be the guy uh who is in front right now They're i agree in front going to camp
1: I agree. I I completely agree with you, Mace. And uh, this is something that is going to be very interesting dynamic come training camp because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded before training camp. So we're going to be watching this battle of Drew versus Teddy. And then we're also going to have our eyes on a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. And Mace, to wrap this up, my final question to you is, and I'm going to explain how I view this first to see if you agree with me or not. I think if Aaron Rodgers shows up to anything, it's over. He, he is conceited yes. if, if he's in their building. Okay. And I was going to ask, do you see that differently? Or is there a chance he, that he shows up uh, and then gets traded somehow?
2: Uh, I think if he shows up, it's over, at least for this year. Right. I think, right. I think the Peter King idea of he of a compromise where he plays a year. And then they tell him we're trading you after this year. I think there's some merit to that if he did
1: come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think so too. And and the re- that that would actually be outside of keeping Aaron Rodgers for his entire career. That would be the dream scenario for the Packers, because what did we say? If the Packers are going to trade, actually, we really talked about this about the, the Texans with Deshaun Watson. If they were going to trade Deshaun, it made sense to trade before the draft instead of after the draft, because before the draft, they know exactly what picks they're getting in return instead of trading a quarterback and then allowing that quarterback to tank the picks. And so it makes it so where you're <laughs> picking late twenties yeah. every year with him. If they wait until after the season, to trade Aaron Rodgers, not only will they get the full season with Aaron Rodgers, they'll also try to get a chance to mend the fences, but then they'll also know exactly what they're getting back in return. Instead of a first round pick, they'll know that they're getting the number five overall pick, the number 10 overall pick, the 15th overall pick. And that is so valuable as opposed to not knowing. So they're, that's the ideal scenario for the Packers. Just how can the Packers sell that to Aaron Rodgers? Maybe that's the compromise that it comes to is, hey, Aaron, we'll give you a raise this year to come back. We'll give you, I don't know, $45 million this year, or we'll just give you your salary. But we promise you we will either, you know, change your contract, so you're a free agent next year or guarantee that we'll trade you after this year. We just need you back this year.
2: Yeah, That would be something. Now, the question is, if they did that, would it be something that became public knowledge? Right. That's the interesting thing, because if it were public knowledge, then you'd have, you would have this cloud hanging over not only the Broncos, but probably a few other teams. I'd say probably about, and, and the other thing is if it, if it goes like this and it does get to the next off season, you do run the risk of having more suitors involved. And that would hurt the Broncos for the Broncos. The best chance of Aaron Rodgers being a Bronco is happening between now and the trading deadline in Mm -hmm. this window, the, the window that exists for the next five months and boy, oh boy, it sounds like a long time. Right. But we know it goes quickly or actually, yeah, five months, June, July, August, September, October, and then early into November. So this, this window, the Broncos are best positioned to do it. You yep. get to the offseason, you start having teams that are at the top of the draft whose draft capital is more than the Broncos. I mean, for example, Philadelphia, what if Philadelphia entered the chat after the season? They're not there right now, but they but in terms of draft capital, they might be in the chat going into 2022. Uh, the Raiders would certainly be in the conversation unless Derek Carr played in a league MVP level. Um mm-hmm. he, even the Seahawks. I mean, could it be a Russ Aaron Rogers type of disgruntled swap? I mean, we know Russ thinks very highly of, of Wisconsin.
1: We certainly do. Oh boy, I don't like thinking of that because, yeah, that uh, <laughs> that could be enticing for both sides to oh, do. Oh, and, and you're right, Mace. Yeah. We we hope it doesn't come down to that. Although it's the best thing for the Packers, it would not be the best thing for the Broncos. I am still convinced from everything that I know behind the scenes and just thinking of it realistically as well that if Aaron Rodgers is traded before the trade deadline, so meaning he's traded this year that it's 99% that he's going to be traded to the Broncos. That does decrease, like you're saying, Mace, if it goes into next year. And obviously, the Broncos don't want it to go into next year. They want Aaron Rodgers in the building as soon as possible. They want an extra year with Aaron Rodgers, of course. They they want to be giving up uh, next year's 29th overall pick in the draft, not potentially you know, a top 10, top 15 pick if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. So for the Broncos, they want this thing to happen now. It's just going to be when does Green Bay realize that he's not going to be there forever? How long do they hold out hope? Yeah. How long do they do it? And that's, man,
2: I think the hope's going to continue through, through this week, through this month into July. The hope I think starts to fade when the, when reality sets in reality, sets in when you're there every day that begins a training camp. Is it possible that it goes into the regular season? Absolutely. And you know what? This is something that David Dunn, Aaron Rodgers, agent, has been through before. He went through with Carson Palmer a decade ago, and the result was a, a deal right at the deadline that sent Carson Palmer to the then Oakland Raiders. Right. That shows you how far they're willing to take it. And while that isn't ideal I do think that if it extended into the regular season and it went to the deadline that the Broncos would would make a deal even at the deadline.
1: Oh yeah. I think so too. I mean, we, we talk about a guy who right now we're talking about maybe four five years left that he can play worst case three, you think. Uh, and so if you're still getting two and a half years out of him, in my opinion, that's worth it. And and that's at the low end, you may be getting three and a half or four and a half.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's very much in play. Good conversation as always, Zach. And uh, also, want to tell you about some good beef. Dare I say, damn good beef? Because we brought you damn good beer here at DNVR. And now that damn good beef is right here at the DNVR bar. We're talking about the blue collar wagyu beef from our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. That's right. We could not resist putting this beef in the bar. You can come on down and build your own delicious Hassel Cattle Company Wagyu Beef Burger. You can add all the toppings you want, and enjoy the watch parties with the finest beef, but I think you'll find that you're going to want to go minimalist on the toppings. Slice of onion, slice of tomato, maybe some lettuce, a little drizzle of ketchup and mustard. I think that's enough because you don't want to do anything to dilute that great beef flavor from the blue-collar Wagyu beef at Hassel Cattle Company. And there's something more going on with Hassel Cattle Company right now. They are offering you, the DNVR listener, a buy three, get one free deal on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving. An ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. They're perfect for carne asada. These steaks are super affordable, 9 dollars Now you can buy three and get one free. So use the code DNVRFLANK at checkout to get this buy three, get one free deal. That's DNVRFLANK.com or d- Not.com, D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout for your buy three, get one free. Of course, Hassle Cattle Company is the best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. They're a fourth-generation cattle farm in Texas, and they ship all over the USA straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip beef bacon, franks with no fillers, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. And they've been honored the world, the country, and the world over for the quality of their beef. So head on over to HasselCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. DNVR10 for 10% off, and get that order $200 and you get free shipping. You've got room in your freezer. Get some beef, and then if you say, "Oh, I've got nothing to eat." That's wrong. You will have something to eat. You've got some blue collar wagyu from Hassel Cattle Company, H A S S E L L cattlecompany.com.
1: And also make sure to get it at the DNVR bar. I saw a burger last night that was absolutely huge. And you know, it was at Hassel Cattle Company wagyu. Something else you can get at the bar Strava Craft Copy coffee, coffee. Get yourself a cup of that on tap over at the bar and friends you know how much we love you but you've been letting us down we said it, our longest and most loyal partner today Strava Craft Coffee has not felt the love lately so they've upped the ante to something they've never done before they're giving you an opportunity to get 25% off the delicious CBD coffee by using the code DNVR25 at checkout and that will get you 25% off your first order of Strava, Strava Craft Coffee and Strava isn't just delicious coffee but it packs that delicious CBD punch, which helps with aches, pains, headaches, migraines, so many ailments. It helps relieve, including the coffee jitters for many. So make sure to try it out. Use the code DNVR25 at checkout to get 25% off. And then what Strava does is if you subscribe to them, you'll get 20% off every single order and you can have it automatically set up to be ordered and delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks, or whatever you would prefer at 20% off for your life. So make sure to check them out. Use that code DNVR25 for 25% off. And then once you fall in love, make sure to use the code D or make sure to just subscribe and you'll get 20% off for life over at Strava craft coffee.
2: Wow. That sounds pretty good. Getting discounts for life. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? Can't beat it. Yeah. Can't beat it. Something else you can't beat. Solace meds, new partner for DNVR. Solace meds is a premier dispensary with some hot deals For the month of June, for instance, they've got 20% off all Glacier concentrates, 20% off Mile High Extractions for a 1,000 milligram cart, 20% off CBN gummies, two for $25 on Koala and Solace 100 milligram bars, 15% off any three grams of Connoisseur concentrates, and buy three, get one free for the entire store. You can check out Solace Meds. They've got four convenient Colorado locations, Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and then on East Colfax, just blocks away from the DNVR bar. And those deals I mentioned, you can take advantage of and get an extra 20% off your entire purchase when you use that code DNVR20 at checkout. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You head on over to their website, solacemeds.com, solacemeds.com, order online, pick up at your convenience at whatever store is closest to you. You can even use that code DNVR20 if you just want to go and make the purchase in person, get the best customer service available and 20% off. So remember, whether you go to solacemeds.com, S O L A C E, meds.com, or go to one of Solace Med's four locations and initiate your order, remember that magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase at Solace Med's.
1: All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section. Of course, that's one of the benefits of being with us in our family is going to the DNVR.com. At the top of the screen, you'll see a podcast tab. Click on that. Click on Bronco's podcast. Then click on the very first podcast that pops up. That'll be the most recent one. Scroll to the bottom and a comment section will magically appear if you are a member of our family Sorry, I had something crazy going off. And if you're a member of our family, you can leave (laughs) comments for us. So make sure to do that. And Mace, let's jump into the ones that have done it for today's podcast. First one coming in for you.
2: All right. From the count who says, in haiku season, camp errors rule Twitter, but Teddy is steady. Uh, (laughs) That is spot on. And Virginia Beach Broncos follows up with, that may be true, but... I don't think the world's ready for Count Hila. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you
1: guys are so creative! Nice, nice. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Beautifully said. Next yeah. one from Bronco Turp, my boys. Guys tend to use these OTAs and training camp to work things out and try to perfect certain skills. Much like spring training, when a pitcher has a directive from the college staff to work on off-speed stuff or a batter hitting opposite field, do you think that the coaching staff may be asking Drew and Teddy to play opposite games than they're used to? Work out the progression, take more deep shots, try to hit certain routes, etc.? It being so early in the summer, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with Locke and Teddy seemingly forcing what they aren't comfortable with. Every guy needs reps to perfect touch or timing progression and that kind of thing from, from camp way too early to get excited one way or another but I actually like to hear them both working this stuff out no matter who starts I'd rather Drew work on his progressions and reads now or Teddy being comfortable pushing the envelope more often than not getting that work in and doing it in real time in week one but in the past for example I remember hearing about all of Locke's big throws in camp and the little stuff he may not have worked on rearing its ugly head in the season. Thanks for the great coverage, guys. And Bronco Turpe, it's a great point. and something that we've touched on here is this could absolutely be happening. whether it's the coaching staff telling these guys to do it specifically with Locke, or whether it's Drew saying, I need to work on these things. So he's internally, trying to do this things. It's something that very well could be happening. And you know what? That's why this quarterback competition truly isn't starting that the, the coaches they say, aren't, you know, keeping score yet. Obviously they'll remember what happened now and, and it'll factor into the decision come training camp, but that's why we're not going to get a decision on who the starting quarterback is right now. Mace.
2: Yeah. And now the interesting thing is that what Teddy has been before, Improving at the area in which he has a shortcoming. What Teddy has been has been good enough to be an average starter, and what Drew has been is not at that level. And kind of a concern that I have is that if Drew can only be successful when they, for the most part, when they get him to one side and kind of narrow the field of vision. Then that put that that puts a ceiling on the offense that it's going to be really hard uh, to overcome. Certainly to to be a viable quarterback. So I, I like the fact they're working on things that have been struggle points for him. But I would also say that if you had to take the quarterbacks as is, if they if they didn't imp- if they remained what they were, that uh, Teddy be more value, viable right now than she would be.
1: Yeah. And, and I agree with that. And that's what we've seen so far. Can Drew turn it around? Absolutely. He can Mace. We've only seen three Mm -hmm. pack practices, but I would have given the nod to Teddy in all three practices. And then collectively, not just a nod, it would be pretty solid in my mind that Teddy has been the better quarterback in those three practices. But yeah, you know, I, training I, I camp, agree. much longer than just three practices. We'll get to see all of mandatory minicamp next week, so that'll give us an even greater sample size. Uh, but good observation there, Bronco Turp. Next one coming in from Melbourne Bronco. Hi, guys. If you were an offensive coordinator and your quarterback wasn't capable of executing your, quote, best plays, would you shelve those plays and just use plays you thought the quarterback was capable of executing? I'm hoping this is the case for Pat Shermer. And when Teddy wins a starting role, we see something different. Also, in the great Bronco Name draft, which was awesome. How did Bubby Brister not get a gig? I love the content as always. That's a good name too. There's what what this made me realize is there's a lot of great names in Broncos history.
2: Yeah, we kind of went for uh, you know, for some that were unusual and some that were uh, a borderline salacious, as it were. But um, yeah, th- there are, there are a lot of good ones. We we could have probably gone about a, a hundred deep with interesting names as you get oh, in, yeah. as, as you go through it easily.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, and now in terms of, uh, should an offensive coordinator bench his best plays, if it doesn't fit what a quarterback wants, if those best plays are like legitimately good plays, yes, he should probably not do it because it's not what his quarterback is good at, but that would probably lead the team or at least the offensive coordinator to say, I need a new quarterback after this year, because if I can't run my best plays, which are good plays in the NFL, then I don't have the right quarterback. Does that make sense? Mace? That, that, that actually makes a that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but I do yeah. think even if that's the case, you, you kind of have to bench those plays for the rest of the season. You do,
2: you do. And <sighs>
1: that's hard for offensive coordinators to do because
2: in their minds, they're like, I got, I got this great play. I got this. uh, I I got this great play that we got that we can make work. And, uh, it it takes a certain degree of self-awareness that some, and and discipline that sometimes offensive coordinators, uh, tend not to have because they tend to kind of view they, everyone, this is human nature. Everyone kind of views things and how they are, they are in a vacuum, how kind of they work ideally, but that's not always compatible with reality.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It certainly isn't next one coming in from our friend, Dan Burke. Hey guys, Mace you mentioned Tyree Cleveland looking good out there yesterday. Can you elaborate on what he's doing out there? That's been impressive.
2: Yeah. I mean, he he's generating separation, showing, uh, running, running very good routes, very crisp, very precise. I think he's frankly learned from watching Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy a little bit in that regard. And he does a nice job reaching out to get the ball. Like that's, this is not a guy who alligator arms. it. This is a guy who will go up in traffic and if necessary, reach out, snag the pass. I like seeing that kind of instinct from a young receiver.
1: He looks the part. Um, he, he really does. He looks the part. He looks comfortable out there. He looks like he's know what he's doing. He's got the size and he's catching the ball. I mean, may say you could have told me he was a, a day two pick and I would have believed it from, from the way he looks.
2: Yeah, very, very impressive so far. I, and I would say sir, maybe it's a little early to say this, but I think he he'll
1: make Tim Patrick expendable potentially. Yeah. Potentially. He goes on and says, also I saw an article from Mike Kliss the other day, and he mentioned that Seth Williams is impressing the coaches and personnel staff. So between him and Cleveland, it seems like the Broncos won't be struggling to find a succession plan for Tim Patrick Sutton too, I guess, but I agree with Zach that the Broncos aren't going to let Sutton go. Well, kind of exactly what Mace just said. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, if you're looking at the receivers right now, it's going to be Judy Sutton, uh, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, Tyree Cleveland Seth Williams and then Deontay Spencer stays as the returner. that's gonna be your group of seven
1: mace what could you get for Tim Patrick if you trade him in the next two months?
2: uh pr- probably uh probably a fourth round pick
1: okay I was gonna say I think you you have to do it if you can get a day two pick just because of <laughs> if you if you can get a day two pick why would you just let him walk for nothing next year? So that's something when if an Mm -hmm. opportunity, let's say a receiver goes down somewhere and a team gets desperate and offers you day day uh, or uh, round three or round two, man, that would be hard to pass up knowing that Tim Patrick's probably not in your future plans. And that just speaks volumes to who Tim is. Yeah. And uh, it also
2: wouldn't surprise me at all. If, if there is an Aaron Rodgers deal, if, and, It'd be tough for Tim, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was part of a package going back to Green Bay. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Because he's a valuable piece. He's a valuable piece, but he's also
2: a, a piece that is probably pretty expendable just because of the quality you've got coming up and the quality you have at the top of the depth chart. Right.
1: Exactly. And I like,
2: and I say this as someone who really loves, love the season Tim Patrick had last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think
2: everyone did. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, Mace. Yep. Mike 1809. Hey fellas. Mace. What's a top Steve at water memory for you. I was able to get an awesome price on a signed helmet from Steve and can't wait for it to arrive. Well,
0: That's it's awesome.
2: Fun. Yeah, that is a great, that is great by the way. Um, Oh, obvi- the, the obvious one is the hit on Christian Correa. I remember watching that on Monday night football, uh, back when mm-hmm. I was 14 years old in 1990, but, getting the having the privilege of working with steve on a daily radio show for 2 years and being able to call him a a friend um my memories are about steve the person steve it steve's with all respect to everybody i know steve steve might be the best guy that i know like just he an amazing human being warm generous friendly um candid like the the Steve that you see on air because he does some on-camera stuff for the Broncos uh I've I've had candid discussions about football with Steve and he definitely kind of uh puts on the polish when he's when he's on air but that's okay I I love I love it when Steve gets in the nitty-gritty the guys he like if he likes somebody as a player man he loves that guy but uh (laughs) if he doesn't like a if he doesn't like somebody again as a player not as a person uh he'll He's, he's pretty blunt about it <laughs> in private and it's but it's always fascinating to pick steve's mind i i, I love talking ball with him i i learn something every time i talk to steve not just about safety play but just about, about about football heck about life i learned things from steve still so just that that's my that, that's part of what I, I love about him just he's he, he's a he's a great human being he's a very good friend um I'm privileged to know him. Can't wait to celebrate his hall of fame induction in a, in a couple of months with him. That's going to be phenomenal.
1: Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And May's just like you said, just such, such a great guy to everyone. He meets. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, he is the perfect ambassador for the Denver
2: Broncos. And, and that's kind of his role, his job. He is a, he is a franchise ambassador and he's going to be an amazing ambassador for the pro football hall of fame. frankly, I think he may kind of uh, handle the role that uh, the late Floyd Little handled over the last decade as a Hall of Famer. Just being someone who was a, a joyful and passionate domestic and even global ambassador for the Hall of Fame and football in general.
1: Yep, I totally agree with you, Mace. So, yeah, anyway, that's... <laughs> It's getting to me. Think, uh, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy he's
2: going <laughs> to the Hall of Fame. Scheme question for you guys. Ooh, I like it. I like the idea of shifting to a dime-based package, but I'm now thinking about how it will stop the run. When Mike Purcell left midway through the season, our run D suffered in a big way. How effective do you think we'll be in shutting down the run if we begin to rely more heavily on six DB sets? Finally, pl- quick plug, Ola for Strava Craft Coffee. We got some in the mail, and it's awesome. Thanks for the awesome camp coverage. Let's go, Avs. Let's go, Nugs.
1: Love to hear that Mike 1809. Thanks for using that code DNVR25 over at Strava Craft Coffee and there you go. Mike with the endorsement for it. And I think it's a uh, it's a it's a great question about the run defense. They are the that front 7 and certainly shouldn't even be calling it a front 7 if there's going to be five or six defensive backs. That front, those front guys are going to have to be stout. You're going to have to rely on Draymond, Jones, Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and then whatever linebackers on the field to really hold their own uh, in the run game. Now, a good thing is Kyle Fuller can tackle, Ron Darby can tackle, Bryce Callahan can tackle, Patrick Sertan can tackle, and, of course, your safeties can tackle. But if you're counting on those guys to tackle all the time, Mace, well, it probably means that uh, they're getting to the second level with their runs, and they're getting five, six, seven yards before getting tackled by those guys. So you don't want to count on those guys tackling all the time you're going to have to have Mike Purcell eat up a couple of blockers to let Alexander Johnson come up and make those tackles you're going to have to have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller be excellent in the run game and when Malik Reed's on the field he's also going to have to be good in the run game because you're going to be relying on those guys even more in run defense than you have in the past right and
2: this is where Pat Sertan his willingness to tackle As a corner comes into play, because the defensive backs are going to have to pick up the slack if they if they go to a a dime dime package. And so the other the other thing is, who's your linebacker? Who's your linebacker? Is it Alexander Johnson? Is it Josie Jewel? Which one is going to be best positioned in this dime alignment and can clean things up when an if an opponent looks and says, "Hey, I'm just going to take a drop the middle against this against this dime package." So. Alexander Johnson, Justin Simmons, and Kareem Jackson as well are in particular going to have to be on point to kind of pick up the slack
1: great question Mike 1809 and thank you for getting in on Stravacraft coffee next one for Virginia Beach Broncos hey gang thanks for a terrific pot thanks for tuning in as a quick reminder Virginia Beach Bronco consists of myself bill a father of six and my 13 year old son David the youngest even though he's only in eighth grade with all these older siblings either preparing for or in or graduated from college he's thinking about his future and has decided that something in the sports analyst field is where his strengths lie we joke with him that he's the mace in our our family. Oh, so my question oh. is, <laughs> so he's smart. I see. Oh, so man, says, so my flattered. question is, what advice would you give to your 13 year old self? If your goal were to be where you are today, is a degree in sports management important? Do you think playing a variety of sports is important? He's only played organized soccer, but is interested in all sports. Any other words of wisdom would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. And thank you, Virginia beach and specifically bill and David. Yeah. Really appreciate
2: hearing from you. Um, I would say this experience is more important than what specific degree you get Mm -hmm. experience in the sports business. And I would, I'd look at everything. Like, let's say you, uh, you get into college, maybe you're not good enough to, um, maybe you're not good enough to play. Well, I would find a way to, to get some kind of internship volunteer with the athletic department. If you want to go into media, make sure you're covering sports for the campus paper, digital outlet, whatever, because that's, that's great practical experience. Experience. But I'd start on the campus with stuff like that, with stuff like that campus paper or campus athletic department. If you want to go on the PR side of it, try to get in with the sports information department on campus. They're always looking for student assistants, student interns, etc. That's true for other aspects of the athletic department as well. You're going to have to kind of volunteer a little bit. This and the other thing is if you can get, if you can get an internship with a pro team and it doesn't matter what level I would say in the summertime, find a way to do that. I, I did some stuff with the Tampa Bay storm in the arena football league and I didn't get paid. And unfortunately, yeah, I was one of those people who didn't really, who didn't get paid for it. Now I know the Broncos pay their postgraduate interns, but th- what I did with, with arena football, doing stuff in PR and, doing stuff on the uh, on the on the then young website end of it even shoot I, I I was jack of all trades I used to go on game days sometimes and make a soda run to the grocery store to make sure that the referees had soda in their cooler all just you get all you get but you get all sorts of experience doing that and I can and then I can tell you the first job that I got out of school it was a paid internship That became a full-time job with um, Disney's internet arm, which managed NFL.com. And I was working on the desk on that project. I don't get that if I don't have the experience I had in arena football. I was told that that, that, that what I did there and the reference I got was basically what basically got me into the door of the NFL. And here it is now. I'm about to go into my 23rd year. So How about that? what so it's it's not like the academic stuff and, not, and the stuff in the classroom, what you measure in do, can't help you. And so if you're going to pursue it, a sports management degree, definitely can help. But what's going to separate you more is what you do outside of your degree. There, there are a lot of in fact, there, there are a lot of places that really don't care if your degree is in English or history or, you know, or, you know, or math or whatever. But they want to see what kind of experience you have.
1: Yeah, you made you hit it on the head, and uh, I did not graduate in any type of media journalism, sports degree at all. I was political science. I thought I was going to go to law school. And one thing I did right when I decided not to go to law school, literally uh, about a month before law school started, my parents were a little freaked out by the decision was uh, I I took a very entry-level job with the Cleveland Browns doing some remote scouting. When I mean entry-level, you know, the pay was not good. Um, But it was just about getting my foot in the door, getting that experience, doing whatever I could To get experience get the foot in the door and that just built off itself it it you know gave me some background so i could reach out to media companies a couple years down the line and say look i have this background would love to uh change change fields in this in the in the sports industry go from you know being in the sport to media and it got me another foot in the door but again did not pay a lot at first with my first gig in media and then you know moved along found DNVR and which was BSN back at the time and have just mm-hmm. grown since then so really reaching out to anyone and everyone you can to do any job is what I would recommend and I would say that uh, that David, you are in a great position knowing that this is one what you want to do when you're young. You have such a leg up on so many other people.
2: Yeah. And the other thing that is terrific that you figured that out. The other thing I would say is don't be willing to or or be willing to move in order to kind of to to get a foothold. You might have to hopscotch the country. I mean, sometimes you can get it in the market you grew up in and you're lucky. But I mean, I my, my years after USF, in, I lived in Seattle, Bristol, Connecticut, or just outside of Bristol because I transferred over to ESPN Home Office, Fort Lauderdale, and then Denver. I, I lived four places in four years after school before I really kind of settled in. Don't, don't hesitate about doing that as well because sometimes that's the best, the best way to, to, to move up is to
1: be willing to move around. Yeah, it's a good point. Next one coming in from Threatla. And so we wish you luck, David, and you have plenty of time and you can always reach out for any other advice, but we're pulling for you. Uh, next one from threat level midnight. He says, Hey dudes, I listen to the show every day, but I'm finding that I also need to listen to Broncos country tonight to get the full scope of what's going on at 11 on 11 OTAs to avoid the slight implicit bias towards Teddy. Some details that you left out of the equation that they went over. Our lock is throwing to Tyree Cleveland and Damian Willis as his top receivers. Teddy and Jerry are going against third string defenders and Nate Hairston and Parnell Motley for timing purposes, which also, which they also conclude is great for the new quarterback in the room. Well, I mean, they that's true to an extent. Locke is also going with the number one group at times and Teddy's also going up against the number one defense at times. So uh mm. there's, you know, some truth there, but there's also, you know, the flip side, which you know, they're both going up against the these units as well. So keep that in mind. He says Ryan Edwards and Ben Albright both seem to show implicit bias toward Locke, to be fair. But again, it's good to hear about it from both sides. From what it sounds like, based on listening to both pods, Locke is being coached to go through the reads and overthinking things. Teddy is the one A QB at the moment, and Locke is the one B. If it ends with Teddy just slightly edging out Locke, don't you think the staff will choose Locke because of the ceiling? I do. Thanks, guys. What I'll say to that is right now, threat level midnight, if this is how it continues to play out, Teddy in my mind is not the slight favorite. He, th- this wouldn't be close.
2: Yeah. Drew's got to close some ground based on, based on what we've seen. And uh, the other, the other thing is, I don't think if they're close, if Teddy is better than drew, even if they're close, I think they're still going with Teddy. Um if he's better, I, th- I, I don't think, again, I don't think they're going to say Ty goes the incumbent. And if Teddy's better than Drew, I think it'll, even if it's slight, I think they'll go with Teddy. One thing to consider is this. If they go with Drew Locke to start the year and he founders and ends up having to be benched, that's it. That, that's an it for Drew. Teddy comes in, plays out the season. You move on. If you start with Teddy and you end up having to to put Drew Locke in, that that's a better shot for Drew Locke to kind of get to to revive his career. So I don't think it necessarily. I, I think if 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 Drew loses the job in the summer, it's not over for him. If Drew loses the job during the season, if he's the Week One starter, it is over for him here.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Um, and uh, Mace, I just think this coaching staff is going to want the safe option. Now, if Drew can tr- prove that he is not going to turn the ball over as much, then maybe the ceiling will come. But I just haven't seen that yet to to give him that benefit of the doubt. Next one. But I do think it's great that you're listening to other, other pods and, and uh, letting us know about, you know, wh- where we may be missing some things, but to be fair, Teddy has been throwing to everyone, and so has Drew. Yeah, it's it, there. There have been a lot
2: of people that are out there in public talking about uh, bias and coverage, and you know, I I think we've made our our sentiments clear on what we think can happen. I don't. I I'm biased toward production to board production. If I have a bias, it's uh, it's toward production and to what I see. And yeah, I and just I haven't seen enough from Drew at this point.
1: Yeah. And something that I'll add is I, I totally acknowledge that drew becoming the guy is the best thing for the Broncos. I just can't say that he's becoming the guy when I don't see it, Mace. That's all I care about is what, what I see. I'm just telling you guys what I see. I'm really not trying yeah. to have a bias toward yeah. one guy or another.
2: I, I, I trust my eyes and I trust the data. And, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a, I admit I'm not a faith guy. I'm a, okay. I, 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 I I got to see it.
1: And also r- really quick to be, to be fair to us as well. Yesterday on Twitter, Ben Albright did say that Teddy was the better quarterback yesterday. So it's not like we mm-hmm. were, you know, spinning, <laughs> spinning spinnin anything. The, the Drew Lock guy uh, who, who threat level midnight said is a Drew Lock guy. And Ben Albright even said that Teddy was the better quarterback yesterday.
2: Yeah. And the other thing I think also is I know there are people that are saying, Oh, well, some there was someone on Twitter that said that I didn't point out when Teddy made mistakes and I'm like, and I'm like, no, that's not true. I have.
1: I wrote Mason, it, I've, I think I've,
2: I've written about it and I've tweeted about it.
1: Yeah. I think we both tweeted yesterday yeah. when Teddy threw his pick. So, right. I <laughs> like mean, just trying to give you the best coverage.
2: Exactly. I think uh, I, I
1: part of it is the era we're in as
2: a society. I hate, and I hate, that's one of the reasons why I hate the moment we're in as a society. Anyway,
1: that's <laughs> well, we'll go on to Mark <laughs> it snatch. He says, Hey guys, some members of Broncos country already lived the reality with Peyton Manning, but who is that one Indianapolis Colt that you just couldn't stand, but would love on your team. Wow. Um
2: This is always hard because I really I, I realized that I there are very few players that I really can't stand. Yeah. In this exercise.
1: Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with a, an easy one for me and it's a cop-out, but I'm going to go with Philip rivers, you know, ah. last year and a guy when he's not on your team, he drives you nuts, but man, would you love to have him on your team? That's
2: a good choice. I mean, I
1: guess as a Bronco fan, that would be the,
2: that's that that's kind of the obvious pick. I can't, I can't disagree with that, <laughs> but I like, but it's, I like Phillip rivers. I've always, I liked him in college coming out and, in oh four when he was uh, going from nc state and i remember actually being on the on the flight to atlanta uh out of mobile the day after the game and rivers was on it and i thought to myself well after this week this is the last coach class flight he'll ever take
1: <laughs> seriously <laughs> <laughs> because oh, he real
2: because he really kind of that week is where he cemented his his bona fides as, a, as an outstanding quarterback prospect and he did not disappoint
1: no, he didn't. Next one from Ohio Bronco, Alex. Homies, please give me your predictions for passing yards, touchdowns, and interceptions for the quarterbacks below if they all play 17 games. Go, Aaron Rodgers.
2: Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to predict 4,512 yards, 37 touchdowns, six interceptions, overall pass rating in the end based on completions and uh, and attempts of 103.3.
1: Pretty, pretty great. I was going to go 4,500 yards. So exactly what you had, uh, you know, 69% completion, uh, 39 touchdowns and, uh, eight interceptions drew Locke. drew
2: Locke. I've got him with 3,878 yards, 25 touchdowns, 14 picks completion percentage of just under 61, uh, and a rating of 85.8.
1: I think that's perfect, Mace. I'll go with that. And then Teddy. Uh,
2: Teddy I've got with 4,349 yards, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, completion percentage of 68.7, just under 69. Nice. Mm -hmm. And a passer rating of 95.7.
1: So that means he throws the most touchdowns he's ever thrown in his career. I'll go slightly less on touchdowns. I'll go twenty touchdowns, ten picks, and I'll go slightly less on yards too. I'll go like thirty-nine hundred yards for Teddy. But yeah, we're similar yeah. there, Mace.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Like with both, with both Drew and uh, Teddy, I uh, I, I kind of took their numbers of the last couple of years to get them, got them down on a per game basis. For Drew, I I increased his completion percentage because I expect. Uh, that will improve, and I reduced his touchdown or his interception percentage because I expect that will improve. I kept his – and actually, touchdowns rose that a little bit because I think that will improve as well. And I did this – I actually did the same thing for Teddy. Bump. I, I think his touchdown rate will improve with these targets slightly. So both Teddy and Drew, I gave a bit of a bump compared to what their, their form has been. The last couple of the, the last couple of years, a, a bump in, t- in terms of touchdowns with Teddy completion percentage, I guess, based off his form the last two years, did not give him a bump the way I gave drew a bump. But um, basically it kind of spells out that uh, Teddy would be, would be right around the league average in terms of overall efficiency. Aaron Rodgers would be one of the top quarterbacks in the league and uh, probably top anywhere from the top five to top eight based on that production. Andrew would be lower mid-tier.
1: Yeah. And, and I understand why you have it like yeah. that, mates. So um We'll see. Next one from Casper. Fellas, over his career, Aaron Rodgers has been a bit of a diva. He wasn't happy with Ted Thompson, so the team replaced him. He wasn't happy with Mike McCarthy, so the team replaced him. And now he's not happy with Thompson's replacement. I understand that Rodgers wasn't making those decisions, but Green Bay has done a lot to make him happy over the years. Should we have some concern that if he becomes a Bronco, he will never be happy? Great point, Casper.
2: It's a great point. I would say this with Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, he wasn't the only one who was unhappy with either of them. A lot of. <laughs> A lot of people, even in the packer organization, in the packer locker room, and uh, I would say the entire state of Wisconsin, <laughs> it was good. It was time, like with, with both Ted Thompson and, and uh, Mike McCarthy. The parties were tired of each other, and I'm not just talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about the kind of the, the, the locker room and even the fan base and we even saw it with uh with mike shanahan uh, he got he got fired after 14 years unless your name is bill belichick there's a there's a shelf life there's an expiration date on you in that job so i'll just in rogers's defense there were a lot of the the discontent went well
1: beyond number 12 well, with those Mace- guys on top of that, you would hope that a change of scenery, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't get uh wouldn't start hating things just in like the the short fought five to three years that he would be there. So you would hope that that would help. But maybe at the end of the year, he would be upset with the offensive staff and try to get him fired. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I, I don't think you can rule that out completely.
2: I don't think you can rule it out either. But I would also say this, that if you're getting the if you're getting the offensive staff fired and that means your offense underachieved, I think that would probably go over very well in a lot of, in a lot of precincts. Now, that being said, I actually think he would do just fine with Pat Shermer. Pat, I think as an offensive coordinator, he's average. And that means if you give him great talent, he's probably going to have great results. Remember Pat Shermer has, if you look at like his career as an OC he hasn't worked with anybody in the same galaxy of Aaron Rodgers. That's very true. And so I think Pat would do just fine with, with Rodgers. I, I frankly, I don't worry about that, but I probably think a little bit more highly of Pat Shermer than most of Broncos country does.
1: And Mace final one coming in from Broncos only follow up to yesterday's comment about how ridiculous the 17 game schedule is. Mace was worried about the season overlapping with the winter Olympics. If the schedule gets any longer well in the year, 2026 Super Bowl uh, is going to be on Valentine's day. Holy cow. The ultimate test of our love for our wives and girlfriends versus the love of the NFL. What will the league do about that? The league won't care. The league won't care. And you know what? I, I think, um,
2: that there, there, hey, there, there are a lot of wives and girlfriends who love football too. Um, I think we would, I think we would see some, some, some kind of cool and special things that go on with the Super Bowl. And I also think that, um, maybe a lot of Valentine's Day commemorations are going to happen on February 13th and <laughs> <In> February, tw- <laughs> right, and February 12th that year. Rather than February 14th, because uh, uh, now that being said, one thing I do like about uh, Super Bowl 60. Oh, my God. Wow. Super Bowl 60 being on Valentine's Day. That means the next day it's President's Day so it's a there's a day off after the super bowl it's awesome
1: we love it Bring it it on bring it on love it love to see it bring it on bring this pod on mates i've really enjoyed it and before we get out of here gotta tell you about our friends over at green mountain dental one more time because they're part of our family and supporting us is supporting our partners so make sure to help out our friends and check them out over at green mountain dental and we've had several dnvr listeners switch over to green mountain dental and tell us that they are fantastic over there they treat them like family it's A great service. Their teeth get cleaned. And on top of that, if you schedule a cleaning x ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're only a 15 minute drive from downtown Denver. And remember, the first step to good health is taking care of your mouth. So check them out. Schedule a free cleaning or schedule a cleaning x ray and exam and get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. We'll be back tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Guys, really, really appreciate every single one of you for tuning in. Have a terrific Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.